This morning, as the Lord has led me this week, I want to share with you some verses, and this may sound like an unusual passage of Scripture to be coming from today, but in the book of Hosea, chapter 6, there's three verses of Scripture that I would like to share, if you'll follow along with me, beginning at verse 1. It says, Come, and let us return unto the Lord, for He hath torn and he will heal us. He has smitten, and he will bind us up. Notice verse 2. It says, After two days will he revive us, and in the third day he will raise us up, and we shall live in his sight. Then shall we know, if we follow on to know the Lord, his going forth is prepared as the morning. And he shall come unto us as the rain, as the latter and the former rain unto the earth. Father, place your anointing and your blessing upon the word of God today. Lord, let us not be distracted by any technical issues, but Lord, let us hear the word of God as it goes forth. Every heart that is on this property, every heart that is tuning in uh, through our app or through Facebook Live, through live stream, Lord, would you minister to them in a special way? And Lord, there should there be anyone that hears the sound of the voice of this preacher today, may they more importantly hear the voice of the Holy Spirit. And if their heart needs to be repaired in a relationship with Jesus, may today be that day. May there be a resurrection that takes place in someone's life. We give all glory and honor and praise to you for these blessings. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, and amen. Let me read that second verse to you one more time. It says, after two days will he revive us. In the third day he will raise us up, and we shall live in his sight. For a few moments this morning, I'd like to share with you on the thought of preparing for the third morning. Preparing for the third morning. There's not a more exciting topic throughout the Word of God than the resurrection of Jesus Christ. It is the very foundation on which Christianity makes its stand. If you go to Buddha's tomb this morning, you will find his remains. If you can locate Mohammed's burial site, his remains are still there. Adolf Hitler's bones are still in place. The monument of Confucius is still intact. If you find well-known leaders, monuments across our world, you will also find the shell of their body is still there. Their remains can still be exhumed. The worship and homage of these folks over the course of history has always been in vain. But can I tell you that's not Jesus Christ, for he is alive. The story is told there was a doctor named Dr. Siemens. He told about a Muslim who became a Christian in Africa. And some of his friends asked him, why did you decide to become a Christian? And he answered them like this. Well, it's it's simple as this. Suppose you were going down the road and suddenly the road forked in two directions, and you didn't know which way to go. And there at the fork 
was two men, one dead and one was alive. Which one would you ask for directions? Which one would you ask which way to go? I tell you today, his resurrection is for real. We find the account in Luke chapter 24. It says on the first day of the week, on Sunday morning, very early in the morning, the ladies brought spices to preserve and embalm the body of Jesus. They found when they arrived that the stone had been rolled away. They entered and found not the body of Jesus Christ. Instead, they found, along with a stone rolled away in an empty tomb, they found two angels standing there brilliant white. And the angels asked them this question, Why seek ye the living among the dead? He is not here. He is risen. We give God praise for that promise today. We give the Lord praise for that assurance today. And I tell you, I know he's alive because the word of God tells me he is alive. I know that he is alive. If we were gathered together in the same room, I would be able to see his life upon your countenance. I know he's alive today because of the cherry blossoms, because of the bloomed dogwoods and the red breast of the rose. I know he's alive because of the chirping of the robins. The fresh signs of spring tell us that our creator is alive. I know he's alive personally because on March 7th, just a handful of days ago, March 7th, 2020, I literally, personally, and physically walked into the empty garden tomb and I stand here as a testimony to tell you that it has been empty and it was empty on that day. His bones were not there. The stone was rolled away. I tell you, as excited as I get about all the reasons why I know he is alive more than anything else, I know he's alive because I can feel him in my soul. The scripture says we have been given the earnest or the pledge of of his spirit. And I want to tell you, you can't get that from one that is deceased. You can't get that kind of feeling from a dead God. But Jesus himself said in Revelation chapter 1 and verse 18, he said, I am he that was dead, but now I am alive and I am alive forevermore. I tell you today, Jesus Christ, the Son of God, is alive. He's a resurrection and the life. And because he lives, I have found life also. Because he rose out of the grave on the third day, I have that same resurrected Jesus living inside of me. I say praise the Lord today that he's alive. And I say praise the Lord today that he called me and when he called me, I came running out of my own tomb who I was dead in trespasses and sins. But this is not just a celebration about his resurrection. This is a celebration about our resurrection. We are alive and alive forevermore. I tell you what, if you believe that, let me see you flash your lights at me one time. Could you do that? Well, praise the Lord. <laughs> May I tell you secondly today that our resurrection will be like his. If you think for a moment that the only reason we dress nice and eat good and celebrate Easter Sunday is because of a past event 
Friend, you are very, very mistaken. Peter tells us that we have been begotten into a lively hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. We read in Acts chapter 24 and verse 15 that there shall be a resurrection of the dead. We read in John 5, 28, these are the words of the Lord. The hour is coming in the which all that are in the graves shall hear his voice. We read in Paul's letter in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 14, it says, For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so them also which sleep in Jesus will God bring with him. And then we read those very infamous verses that follows, where it says, For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of an archangel, with the trump of God. And the dead in Christ shall rise first, and we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. You may be asking, well, pastor, how is this going to happen? I'm glad that you're inquiring today. I'll tell you where how it's going to happen. Romans chapter 8 and verse 1 tells us, it says, but if the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead shall dwell in you, he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal body by his spirit that lives inside of you. I'm telling and you know stone could hold him down and no tombstone will keep me down no cards could keep him in and the best sod job in the world won't keep me sealed. We're stacking them up in mausoleums. Don't really know why. I don't know. Maybe we're running out of land. Maybe we're trying to make a shrine out of people that are put in mausoleums. Whatever the case may be, and to each his own, but I'm telling you, there's not a mausoleum built strong enough that's going to keep the body of the child of God sealed up on that day. I'm telling you, because he resurrected you and I are going to resurrect also. Now let me tell you something. They lied about his resurrection. They'll also fabricate an explanation for our resurrection. You that are listening to me this morning, you're watching me uh, via live stream or you, you possibly could be on this parking lot and your heart is not ready to meet the Lord. You're not ready spiritually. Let me, let me tell you, the news media today is going to explain away the phenomena of our mysterious disappearance just like they did Jesus. You remember what happened when Jesus was resurrected from the dead? What did the authorities tell the Roman centurions? Make sure you spread the word that his body has been stolen. I'm telling you, when you and I resurrect from the grave one day, there's going to be all kinds of explanations. There's going to be some that's going to say it was an alien invasion. There's going to be some that say it was a nuclear accident or maybe a mass suicide. It was some kind of a reaction to global warming. Let me tell you something today. The Bible calls it a mystery. That's exactly what the Scripture calls it, a mystery. It goes like this. Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed in the moment in the twinkling of an eye. A promise to all believers. The corruptible shall be changed into incorruptible. The mortal shall be 
turned into immortality. Why? Because Jesus made us a promise. He said, because I live, you shall live also. I'm telling you, he wasn't just talking about our spiritual resurrection. He was talking about our literal, physical, bodily resurrected. I'm telling you, 1 Corinthians 15, 20 says, but now is Christ risen from the dead. He's become the first fruits of them that are sleeping. I'm telling you, he's the first one to rise, but he's not the last one to rise. I'm looking across this parking lot, and I see some people that one day are going to come out of the ground or come off this earth, and we're going to meet the Lord in the air. As he resurrected, so shall we be resurrected. Well, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. His resurrection is for real. Our literal resurrection will be just like his. Third thing I need to tell you this morning is that our resurrection timetable is very much like his was. Let me explain. 2 Peter chapter 2, 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 8, listen to what it says. One day is with the Lord as a thousand years, and a thousand years as one day. Get that in your spirit. In fact, in Psalms chapter 90 and verse 4, it says these words, Lord, a thousand years in your sight are like but yesterday when it is past and as a watch in the night. So in the Old Testament and in the New Testament, a thousand years of our time, that's like one day to the Lord. <laughs> if you look again at Hosea chapter 6, verse 2, listen to what it says. After two days... Will he revive us? Well, praise the Lord. And on the third day, he's going to raise us up. And we're going to live in his sight. I'm not the greatest mathematician in the world. But I do know simple math. I know it's been 2,000 years since he came and lived, died on the cross, and rose from the dead. <laughs> we could say easily... That was just two days in his time and 2,000 years in our time. Which what that means is, is that as we entered this new millennium, this new 1,000-year period, we entered the third day or the third thousandth year period. And if his resurrection lends any validity to our resurrection, Mark 16 and 2 says, and very early in the morning. I said, the scripture says, and, and very early in the morning. At the beginning of the third morning, he arose. <laughs> At the beginning of the third morning, he arose. Now, let me give you a couple observations. Because I'm not here to make rash predictions about the, the rapture, the resurrection of the dead in Christ or the return of Christ to catch the saints away. But I will tell you this, there's not one more prophecy that has to be fulfilled before Christ comes back. 
He could split the eastern sky in the very next second, and he would be right in line with his word. Now, let me just sidetrack here for a moment. The Bible says only the Father knows. The angels don't know when the Lord's coming back. The four beasts don't know when the Lord's coming back. The 24 elders don't know when the Lord's coming back. Only the Father, Jesus himself said, only the Father knows. But I tell you, I believe for the last many years, he's been sitting on the edge of his throne waiting on the Father to say, my son, the groom, it's time to go get your bride. I'm telling you, I feel rapture spirit right here on this platform today. I'm telling you, wouldn't it be great? I can't think of a better time or a better a better moment than right here if the Lord would just call us right out of the top of your car to meet him in the clouds. I'm telling you, there is a timetable and the Lord is about to call his children home. Well, praise the Lord. <laughs> the second observation is this. In that verse, it said, after two days, he will revive us. Now, there have been times over the past millennium if we've wondered if the church was even alive. But I can also tell you that there's never been an era like the era we're living in where souls are being saved by the millions, thousands. Just because you aren't seeing it in the United States doesn't mean it isn't happening. Outside of our country, there are people being saved by the thousands every single day. Strategic revival centers over our lifetime that have sprung up in Pensacola and Toronto and South Africa and China, all over the world and several other places, confirming the word that God spoke in Joel and also in Acts that in the last days he would pour out his spirit upon all flesh. I'm telling you right now, through media and through satellite and through all kinds of, of opportunities that we have, the gospel is going out into corners of the world we never thought we would reach. And you say, wow, it's amazing what technology is able to do. But I tell you, Jesus is not surprised by it. As a matter of fact, in Matthew 24, he prophesied that it would happen. And can I tell you, he also said the gospel of his kingdom shall be preached in all the world, and then the end shall come. I'm telling you, we are so close to the coming of the Son of God. So close. So close to his appearance. And I believe revival. In fact, can I just tell you, I told you a couple of weeks ago that coronavirus, to me, in my spirit, is a, another extension of last day's mercy. And like every other pastor that really has a heart for lost people, I am hoping and praying that true, genuine revival will follow COVID-19. That true, genuine revival will follow coronavirus. Could it be? Could it be that what we're looking at as affliction is God sending his last wave of mercy prior to his very last wave of his spirit in our country. Could it be? And then the Son of God splits the eastern sky and calls his children home. Jose 6.2 reminds us we're not exiting this world like a bunch of whipped puppies. 
but we're busting forth in a revival blaze of his glory to ascend to the eastern sky. He came forth from the Father in incarnation. He came forth from the virgin's womb. He came forth from the grave in resurrection. He's coming forth as the latter rain through his spirit, according to what we read this morning. <laughs> but he's about to come forth from the eastern sky. For those of you that are listening to me this morning, you have carried your cross for years, for months, for weeks, for decades. The Friday has been grueling with the sufferings of this present age. Saturday has been, has been long with uncertainty and gloom and the doom of our society and the silence that seems to be present. But I'm telling you here today by the Spirit of God, Sunday is coming. Sunday is here. You're in the beginning of the third morning. We are about to go home to be with the Lord. What a glorious hope that that gives to us. He will raise us up. We shall live in his sight. Now, before I pray this morning, I need to share this with you. Are you prepared for the third morning? The Lord led me to a passage of Scripture way back in the book of Exodus. The people were told, the people of God were told, God is going to visit you on the third morning. You can go look it up. God's going to visit you on the third morning. You need to prepare. You need to purify. You need to get ready for the visitation of God. That's what God said to the people in the book of Exodus. Purify yourself. Get yourself ready. Because I am about to visit you. And as I thought about that, I couldn't help but be reminded that the Lord's coming is our blessed hope. It's our blessed hope. It's why we put one foot in front of the other, especially right now, because we're hoping and longing for a better day and a better place. But listen. And listen clearly. In John's letter, his epistle, this is what he said. And every man that has this hope purifies himself even as he is also pure. There's a cheap, fraudulent grace that is being propagated in the church today. I've said it before, I'll say it again. Grace is free to receive, but it's expensive to keep. It's a free gift, and the Lord wants to give it to everyone, but it's going to cost you everything to follow the Lord. Just as those Jewish people had to prepare in the book of Exodus, God was going to visit on the third day. They had been told, they were promised that he was coming down, and they needed to get themselves ready. Just as sure, the Lord is saying to you and I, make sure your garments are spotless. 
Make sure you are ready. Make sure you're prepared for the third morning. My God, my God. I hope you feel what I feel. It's not just a cool wind blowing across this platform. I feel the presence of the Holy Spirit. Right where you are, would you bow your heads? Would you close your eyes? Those of you that are, that are watching live stream, would you bow your heads and close your eyes with me? Let me pray for you. Father, there are people listening to the sound of my voice deep in the recesses of their spirit. Nobody else may know, but they know that they're not ready for the third morning. And God, I ask you right now, even in this very critical moment, that you would speak to their heart, that they would repent, that you would become not only Savior, but Lord of their life. Maybe somebody has walked away from you. Maybe they're cold and indifferent. Maybe they've never accepted Jesus and don't know how. Today, Lord, as I pray, remind them it's just as simple as acknowledging that you have sin that you need forgiveness for and believing that what Jesus did on the cross was for them and ask him to come into your heart and forgive them of their sins this very moment. We may hear from them that they made a confession of faith. We may not. But Lord, if there's somebody right now that is making their heart right with God in heaven, in heaven amongst the angelic host, One of the seraphims or cherubims, one of the angels are announcing, hey, down there in Pulaski, Virginia, somebody's come back to the Lord. Somebody's made a confession of faith in Christ, and the whole angelic host is rejoicing. Every believer listening to me today, daily, Lord, constrain us, convict us, to search our hearts so that we can ensure that we are prepared for the third morning. There's no more waiting. It's here. We've been in the third morning for 20 years now of a thousand-year period, but I'm reminded of what Mark said. It said, in very early <laughs> in the morning, <laughs> very early this period of time, could it be that at any moment you're going to call us home? <clears throat> it's a blessed hope for the child of God. The third morning is here. May we be ready. God bless you for being here with us today. I pray the Lord has blessed you. Now, my head of security is here, and he is also a member of the Pulaski County Sheriff's Department. So I'm going to get forgiveness from him afterward. 
But can we just honk our horn one time for the resurrected Lord? Just one time. <laughs> God bless you and your family with a great, great Easter. May the Lord be with you as you go from this place. Live in the victory of the resurrected King. We love you in the Lord.